This is Ben Marriott. You're listening to the Ukra Media Podcast. Hello, Ukraine Media family. Vladimir Bragnevsky here, and welcome to episode number 71 of the Ukraine Media Podcast, where I serve our Ukraine Media family with daily interviews from highly creative people. And today's guest is Ben Marriott. He's a freelance motion designer and a YouTuber from Sydney, Australia. But before I play my interview with Ben, I want to take a second to thank our sponsor, ActionVFX.com. They have over 2,500 elements of professionally shot VFX stock footage captured on the latest red cameras from explosions fire water smoke gun effects debris particles weather blood and gore they have your assets covered go to actionvfx.com again go to actionvfx.com and now here's my conversation with ben marriott enjoy ben welcome to the show and share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know well thank you thank you vladimir it's great to be on here something interesting about myself i think well when i was 10 years old one afternoon I spent I spent probably more more time than I should admit learning how to say the alphabet <laughs> backwards in case I ever what? got pulled over in America, just because that's what happens in oh in my all the gosh, <laughs> that's funny. Where did this fear come from? Oh, I I remember seeing it on on like it's on movies, and I thought I'm sober and I can't do that. Like, what chance? You know, <laughs> not that I, not that I had plans of drink, drink driving, but I'm like, what right. if you just pulled over, and they would just assume you're drunk. That's hilarious. You know, I've never met anyone who actually can do it backwards. Like, you know, first thing in the morning. It honestly doesn't take that long to learn. Like it takes maybe 15 minutes. <laughs> like, It's not that intimidating. <laughs> but then again, my, my wife, my wife always like spells things backwards. Like I'll say a word and she'll like spell it backwards. I'm like, why? <laughs> For no reason. Oh. Oh, <laughs> it's just, that's it's crazy. a secret. It's a talent that it's, it's a crazy talent that she has, I guess. No, it's anyway, an flex. Now, mm-hmm. <laughs> now let's transition to, to your journey. Now let's, let's start from uh, at the very beginning. How did you get started in motion design? Uh, when I was 14, maybe earlier 13, like a group of my like friends at high school, we would make animations just using PowerPoint like at school and for about a year, this would like, it would take up all my free time. Like we just create a slide in PowerPoint, duplicate it, and then just move the things around a bit. And then when you you play it, you just like hold your finger down on the next frame key and it would play as an animated sequence. We'd get really intricate. Like by the end of it, we were just making, I made the Predator from the movie, The Predator. I'd made him just out of like rectangles and, and ellipses, like the most basic tools you had in PowerPoint. And we're all trying to make, we're all obsessed with like, on newgrounds.com, there was all these animations of like stick figures having big, you know, martial arts battles. So we try to make that in PowerPoint during our computer class. So that was, I think, how I got my first taste of animation. And then I don't think I even touched animation for maybe 10 years after that. Like after that year, I was like, all right, that's enough of this. And I uh, <laughs> moved on to some other trend. And then I studied, I suppose, design. I studied design at university, which is, you know, what goes into art as a kid and then you know that's what you do if you're an art kid especially in Australia like you know well you can't can't make money at that designs kind of you know halfway in between like the worried parents think he's not going to make any money out of this let's design people (laughs) will always need labels on bottles and stuff like that so I studied (laughs) design at a UNSW here in Sydney and then by the end of that degree which is four years I just I thought I I don't really like graphic design anymore I want to be an illustrator illustration is what I love. So I, um, I went, I had a go at freelancing as an illustrator for about two or three years after uni. And that went okay. I was just sort of scraping by because it was a very competitive field and I had no experience. And then I got a, like a job offer at a video production company in Sydney. 
that, that did uh, some animations and they just needed someone to draw, draw the stuff. So they just approached me. We need you to draw things. We have like a three month contract. And I was like, I'll get paid to draw for like every day. This is great. <laughs> so I started doing that. And then over three years, I, I um, and I barely, at that point, I barely touched After Effects, like at all. I knew how to change the position and rotation on something. And that was, that was it. And not even, not even well. I had never opened the graph editor or done anything special. And then over three years there, I'd sort of just slowly picked up After Effects project by project and just slowly improved my skills. And and then, yeah, at the end of the three years, I'd moved to another place by then. And then it was the beginning of last year that I went freelance. And uh, yeah, that was like 18 months ago almost. And wow, now congrats. I'm here. Thank you. What, what is it like working for yourself at freelancing? Was it uh, a smooth transition for you? It was a pretty smooth transition. I did a lot of planning. There was like a six month lead up to when I knew like, all right, I'm going to go freelance. Well, my plan was, I know I'm going to go freelance as soon as, as soon as my lease is up at the end of this property where I was living with my, my girlfriend, my now wife. And I'm like, our lease is up here. This place is far too small. I need an extra room to use as a studio. So we need a second bedroom. And we also need a place that's dog friendly because we knew we needed to get a dog essential as a freelancer to have a to have a puppy right <laughs> so so I, like, oh, my lease is ending in january i need to put a reel together before then here's what i need to have before then here's what books i need to read here's what you know here's what i need to learn and prepare before then so i was prepared for when i jumped ship i had you know a plan i had a, a bit of a runway of money for you know some savings for when there isn't work there and just sort of prepared myself as best i could and I think for the first three months, I was freelancing for the same company I was working at, doing the same job oh, nice. in the same desk anyway. So, yeah. It man, it sounds okay. like it was, yeah, it sounds like it was very smooth for you, man. It's almost no fun, man. You got to make it risky, right? I know. I'm, just kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry, no. <laughs> it's best to do it when there's, you know, when nothing, when there's nothing lined up and you have no savings, that's when it's a real journey. I'm just kidding, of course. No, that's pretty, that's pretty cool that you did it that way, that you were so well-organized. Now, when did you start your YouTube channel? How did that come about? I started the YouTube channel uh, about, I think, at the beginning beginning of March, I think, two months ago, almost. Oh, wow. I think I, I just released my eighth video now because I'm doing weekly videos. Congratulations. And I wow. start, thank you very much. I got the inspiration to do this at the end of sort of last year. I had a meeting with one of my friends who's who has a, a very big, you know, not a very big YouTube channel, but like a big, like hundreds of thousands of, of, of followers. And I remember like seeing her like from five years ago, just starting out on Instagram and YouTube and like she's grown massively. And I thought, I wish I'd have, you know, I wish I'd have started something a long <laughs> time ago that, you know, I could have built up and had more sort of say and opportunities right. influenced by now. And I thought, well, I may as well do it now. My first year at freelance had gone well. I wasn't homeless, which was goal number one, which is always good. <laughs> and, I thought, right. and then I thought, well, I can continue doing this and I'd slowly, you know, I could increase my rate so I'd get paid a little bit more, have a little bit more say of what clients I, I take on, but it would be a fairly linear progression. But I thought I've got a bit of security at the moment. I'm in as good a position as I'm ever going to be to take a bit of a risk like this. So I decided this year I'm going to focus on the YouTube channel, not as my main focus, but try to put that 50-50 with freelance work. So I'll decide to take on less clients and focus on building this thing that will hopefully pay off in the future. Who knows? So I thought I'd commit to do, all right, I'm going to do this for two years weekly, do a um, hundred videos. And then at the end of that, wow. see, uh, check, check back in and see, see where it's going. Wow. Uh, every week, a new, a brand new video and your videos are high quality. They're amazing. 
just eight videos. Wow. And you already have like close to 3000 subscribers in just two, two months or is it two months, right? You said? Yes, that's right. That's impressive. Now let's transition to your dark moment in your creative journey. I want you to tell us the story of your worst moment in your creative journey. So Ben, take it away. Oh, okay. The worst moment in my creative journey was definitely experience I had with a client uh, when I was, it was just after I'd finished uni and I was working doing web design. I was, um, so I, I got a job doing like web design in-house uh, for a business and then I was just doing it like, this is my first free, actual probably freelance gig actually. It's only as a web designer and like one of my friends asked me, he said, hey, my uncle needs a web design, needs a web design designing. So I thought, all right, <laughs> like, you know, they just, they were an architect uh, and like a builder construction type of thing. That's why they were an architect. They were, yeah, building and construction they were in and they just needed a simple website, like a sort of pretty much like a portfolio website. They wanted it clean, simple and white. And I thought, I can handle this. I was just going to develop a WordPress theme for them to use. So, so I was doing that and I probably you know, undercharged them by a magnitude of thousands of thousands of dollars. But, you know, that, that was fine. It was my first first gig and what have you. And then I got down around to, you know, I built it now. And I was just testing it locally on my server at home, on just on a local server on my computer. I thought, all right, I'll, I'll upload it to their server now just so I can test it. I won't make it visible. And then I go to upload it. And then this server will not accept WordPress sites. Like everything I'd built would not work on wow. the server they had. And I was, I was Ouch. like fretting. I was like, oh my God, what am I? I was just thinking, what am I going to say to these people? Like they paid a deposit and everything. I was like, I don't know. What do I do? What do I do here? And then I was trying to, all right, well, if I, maybe I separate this and I was just trying everything I could. And in that process, I deleted every copy of all of my working files for it. Everything was gone. So wow. there was nothing. And I was like, oh my how do gosh. I, how do I explain this? To be honest, I don't even re- know how it happened. I think I, cause it was stored on like a local server that I had. Like, I think I just unmounted that and that deleted everything and there wasn't a backup <laughs> online. And I was like, what do I do? And I say, this is a bad story about with a client. The client was brilliant. I was terrible. <laughs> this is, I was like, and I was oh thinking, my gosh. how do I do this? And this was, I think I was having a meeting with them. They were expecting me to send something the next day. And this was like at nine o'clock at night beforehand. And I was like, what do I do? What do I do? And I was up late that night and then I don't know how I managed to get sleep. But in the morning I was like, I was so stressed. I don't think I've ever been this stressed in my life. And I'm a very much, <laughs> definitely a lot more than I was a real warrior. And I worried so much. I remember my brain feeling like it was sort of this like nest of earthworms just writhing around and pulsing. And I was sort <laughs> of so stressed. And all I could do was like just sit in my chair and think about how, how screwed I am. Like, what do I do? What do I do? Oh, what are they going to think? And then I remember <laughs> I, I decided, all right, I need to get up, leave the house. And I decided I just ignored sending them like a whip that day. So, all right, I'm just going to ignore this. And then, you know, worst thing that happens is they email me and say, oh, where's the stuff? <laughs> and I'll, then I'll deal with it. So I remember walking out, just walking to the shops, buying a single Snickers, sitting on a park bench and just like, like, what do I do? And I'm like, well, my only option here is I just have to, I have to come clean. I can't, you know, I can't just like build this website out of nowhere. And then if, even if I do, I can't put it on their server. So there's no point in that. And I don't know how to build for any other sort of uh, CMS or any other sort of software or anything like that. There was no, no Squarespace back then. No, no, no Wix or anything. And I thought, well, I'm just going to have to write an email. And I just wrote an email saying, hey, I, I, I screwed up. I screwed up completely. I can't do this. I think 
well, I don't think I phrased it like that. I think, you know, I, I know I promised you this, but I, I can't deliver. I, I thought I could. Like, you know, I apologized. I was very professional about it as much as I could. And I just got an email back like an hour later. That hour waiting was very stressful as well. Because I'm like, what are they going to do? Are they going to, like, I don't even know. Like, now I understand oh, what the stakes really were. I was like, I can't, am I going to get arrested? Are they going to put like the fair work, you know, the, fair work om, the omnibus, omnibusman, omnibusman, oh, wow. the ombudsman on me, that, you know, like fraudulent practice or something. And then I just going to email back saying, that's okay. We understand. And I'm like, oh, and just the, the relief and the weight that of easy. my shoulders wow. was immense. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they were like lovely people. And now looking back at it, I'm like, man, I shouldn't have, you know, yeah, I learned, <laughs> I learned a lot from that experience. I'm like, when you're out of your depth, you can just say so. Most rational people will just understand and say, all right, well, there's no point yelling and getting angry. That's not going to get me a website. And they're like, yeah, we understand. What, what can you do? That's can you crazy. recommend someone else? So it, it worked out okay. It reminds me of a story. I once worked for this big news company. I mean, they had probably like millions of listeners every month. And they had a mm -hmm. website. And I was managing that website. And, I, and it was a WordPress website. And I decided to change something in the functions.php, which I'm sure you're familiar with. And uh, mm -hmm. I, I, for some, I've added some kind of script, something. It took the whole website down completely. Oh. And I couldn't figure out how to bring it back up. People were calling. Phones were just off the hook. And I did oh it twice. God. I did it twice. Oh, my. Yeah. I remember my my heart just dropped when the CEO of the company emailed me and he was like, what's going on with the website? I'm like, oh, geez, man. So that brought back yeah. memories, painful memories. Yes, yes. <laughs> now let's shift gears and talk about something positive. I want you to tell us the story of your best moment in your creative journey. Well, I think uh, the best moment, I don't know if it's a specific moment, but I think really sort of starting this YouTube channel this year has been really a really positive experience. Like it's just set up, like, I don't think I've ever felt motivated to make work in the same way I have before. Cause I, like, there's just this feeling that, you know, I'm building towards this goal, whatever it is. And I mean, I have sort of goals, but they're sort of more sort of um, abstract at the moment. Like, you know, I'm not sure what the future is going to hold. There's probably going to be a huge right. economic downturn at some point. I want to be in a position <laughs> where I have, you know, as much, you know, I suppose influence or opportunities as possible for when that happens and just having and having like a one week deadline it, it's difficult when you know I'm booked on other freelance gigs and I'm in the middle of like a two-month booking at the moment but I'm just managing to do it and the sort of yeah a week deadline is really good because even if I'm not like I'm happy with the result everything I've put out now but even you're never 100% happy and there's always all right that bit wasn't perfect but I have to get it out I have to ship it this week Otherwise, you know, there'll be riots in the streets. There might be one comment saying, <laughs> oh, the video's late. But it, to me, there's more stakes than that, oh, mainly because I have to get working on the next video. And you're just that feeling like, if it's not perfect this week, there's another one in a week. That'll be fine. I've got another opportunity to, to do this. And yet, like the first video that I made eight weeks ago feels like forever ago because there's been, you know, seven other projects that I've done in, in the meantime. So I really enjoyed that sort of challenge of having to make another piece of animation every week to sort of explain whatever's going on in the tutorial. So it's fun to, you know, have these restrictions that I haven't really had for personal projects before. And I made like last year I spent, you know, my, my, I had like one sort of major personal project that I did during my freelance downtime, which it was like a 40 second sort of parody of an explainer video, I guess, even though it was only only 40 seconds, it was like massive. It took weeks and weeks. 
because I wanted it to be you know, <laughs> yeah. the best and put everything I can in there. I wrote it and did all, all, all the design and animation. And it's, you know, once you put it out there, it's, you know, it's like all this, all this work, you, you can't control the response. I had a, a good response, but I'm like, you know, ah, uh, I, I, you know, it's, I really enjoy, you know, I suppose I, I enjoy the, the immediate feedback and then you put something out there, you get a reaction and then there's more stuff to put out sitting in, not in silence, but it feels a bit like that way. Being silent for such a long period of time feels, you know, I don't, you know, I'm not as, not as into that. I prefer having feedback like, oh, this is good. We like this. We don't like this. Like, I think there's just more opportunities to iterate and improve on the stuff you're doing. So I suppose, yeah, that's been my highlight so far. I mean, who knows in the future, maybe it'll, it'll go terribly and, you know, I'll be, I'll be wanted on the <laughs> oh, news. Oh, your future is looking for, bright. For bad tutorials, but yeah, <laughs> thank you. Your future is looking bright. Now, I'm curious, how long does it take you to make a tutorial? I know you said you give yourself a week, but how many hours does it take? I'd say at the moment. Rough estimate. Now, yeah, I reckon between like six and ten, I'd say. My wonderful wife is helping me with the editing now. So that is an enormous oh, help. Nice. And it's, you know, yeah, like it's amazing to have. And she's like, great and saves so much time. The first one, <laughs> the first one took ages. Like there was one I did about animated grain. And I literally recorded me the script, me doing it eight times and edited it three times. So that one I probably spent wow. maybe even like thirty hours on that one. But then Jeez. I realized I don't have yeah, I don't have to do it live. I can edit I can edit a screen recording. I don't have to get the right sequence of clicks all the time. <laughs> I can read a, a bit of the script, pause, do the next thing and edit it. And now it works much better. Now I do one take, the recording's probably like 20, 30 minutes, edit that down to ten minutes or whatever. And yeah, it takes a few hours. Yeah, the, the main part, I think the longest part is like writing the script and, you know, making the actual assets to do the tutorial on. The recording and the editing is a lot quicker now. That's pretty awesome. You don't think you'll ever run out of material? <laughs> I have I have a very long list, but I, I you nice. know, there's a, problem to have. <laughs> yeah, there's a long, long list. I, I think I'll, I'll run, a, run out of very specific, like there's sort of more tutorials. I'm going to run out of, you know, cool effects to do soon. <laughs> like cause there's only so many like, well, I can't learn a whole new you know, effect every week or it's something unique to show. So I'm slowly going to broaden it to sort of more process videos and more, not abstract, but, you know, more videos about design and motion design, illustration and, you know, freelancing and stuff in more in general, rather than here's how to get this very specific effect that you will need for one specific use that you may never actually ever use, but, you know, that type of thing. So hopefully I'm planning on broadening it out a, a little as it grows, hopefully. Awesome. We'll keep an eye on you, man. I'm, your stuff is just amazing. And oh, thank you. I mean, it's I only going to get better that. and better every time, man. Now let's transition to a Q&A round. Let's see. First question we have, what should artists, especially students, be doing constantly, whether it's on daily basis or just as much as possible? Oh, daily basis. I think like, obviously practice, but I think they know that. They can hit that elsewhere. But I think uh, really focusing on well, they're like, everyone's telling them to practice daily. You should practice daily. I'm not going to tell you differently. Well, maybe not daily. That's too much pressure. But have the weekend off. But um, have a weekend. I know it's hard to do I that. If you're a student, relax. Go have some drinks. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> It'll all work out. Um, but I think focusing on, like, taking time to just play around and experiment with things. Don't feel as though everything you make needs to go in your portfolio and that this is, you know, when you're in uni, this is the career that you're going to have. When I was in uni, I wanted to be a designer. Then I wanted to be an illustrator. Also wanted to be a web designer halfway through there. Wanted to be a concept <laughs> artist at one point. Like all of these things that led to me being an animator. It was years and years before I, I thought this motion thing is actually funner than all the other parts of the process. So, you know, don't feel as though you're wasting time if you do something and, you know, 
you spend years on it and then turn your back on it and think, oh no, I want to do something else. If it even remotely related to the creative industry, I think it's going to, yeah, it'll, it'll help you in the future. No, because it all kind of compounds in the end. It only complements your what you're doing now. Like all that stuff that you learned before and now is you're just made you that much better. Now I'm curious, what profession other than your own right now would you like to attempt? I, uh, I would like to, oh, I hadn't thought about this one much. I think, I think I'd like to be a paleontologist. Really? I, I love dinosaurs and I love studying di- dinosaurs. This is only recently I've gone <laughs> back into this. When I was a kid, I was obsessed, like between the ages, I think four to eight, <laughs> Wow. maybe four to nine. It was my absolute obsession. And then recently I like, why don't I ever stop caring about dinosaurs? Dinosaurs are really cool. And <laughs> I went and, you know, <laughs> earlier this year for my YouTube sort of background, like when I do my intros, I have like a wall and it was so bare and I thought, I need dinosaur posters up on here. And I like spent $200 on dinosaur posters, these sort of old, you know, like posters from the 1930s and stuff for when like they didn't know how to draw dinosaurs properly. And they're just sort of all goofy and have weird eyes and stuff. So yeah, and I've been reading some books about dinosaurs. I'm like, these are great. I think I'd be happy just learning about dinosaurs every day. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Now share one of your personal habits that contributes to your success. Now I, I try to write daily. I think writing is really important. It like has helped me a lot recently, and I th- I know like a lot of designers, creative people who work visually probably don't think of writing as that integral. But the more I've done it, I think the more it helps every sort of aspect. I think like trying to explain yourself clearly is probably the most important skill that a designer, illustrator, animator can have. Because if you've got this great idea, but there's a huge fence between communicating that idea between you and the client, no one's going to see that idea. No one at, at all. Always assume the client has zero imagination, you know, showing them as much as you can, like in a detailed storyboard and like a description of, you know, not necessarily of what's going to happen, but sort of why it's going to be good for them, why it's a great idea and why, you know, they'd be super smart to pick this idea, why they'd be brave and risky and, you know, looked upon as a hero in their, in their organization if they were <laughs> to take a chance on you. So sort of, yeah, that sort of, you know, descriptive persuasive language is, I think, important, important to learn. I don't think I'm perfect at it by any means. But I think, you know, writing, especially the scripts for the YouTube tutorials and stuff, like it makes you really think about your process and cement it down and really, you know, have a, a rationale for why you're making these decisions. Now, where do you get your inspiration from? All over the place, really. I'll browse Instagram or Vimeo or something and see an awesome idea. I think that's awesome. I want to do that. But I always think like, well, if I do that, it's just going to look like that, but worse. I try to get it from as broad an area as possible. So has to not look like I'm directly copying one other artist. So if I'm looking, if I'm copying, you know, a hundred other artists and just copying a little, a little bit, you know, like right. I'll see an artist and go, I really love how they drew that nose. That nose looks really good. I, I would never have thought of that to do that. I'll incorporate maybe a bit of that into my next illustration that's in a different style. But yeah, I think I'm influenced by yeah, just seeing, just seeing stuff everywhere and lots of films and and books and stuff. There's no sort of concrete place. I, I'm just yeah inspired by you know. I mean, Every, it feels everything you see, right? Yeah, every, I'm just inspired by everything. Just walking down the street, the sunshine inspires me. I <laughs> know it sounds so wanky to say stuff like that. Same here, same here. Now, what are you not good at? Curious. Oh, so many things, <laughs> so many things I'm not good at. And I, I try to, you know, I'm getting better at knowing what I'm not good at. Like at the moment, like character animation, I really struggle. That's like a very specific skill that I know I'm really not like really lacking. 
and you might see there's some characters in my work that you'll see, but they, you know, they have very basic movements. I think I use clever ways to avoid doing camera, um, to doing character animations. Like there's a lot of, instead of a character walking into a room, there's a nice close up of a character's head and then cut to them standing in a room. Yeah, I don't have that much experience with like walk cycles, especially like posing. Like I can do like an okay sort of walk cycle and a run cycle, but getting them to sort of stop and pose and, you know, change direction while they're walking or make a gesture that I still find very difficult. And I'm taking sort of deliberate steps to get better at that. Like I'm slowly increasing the characters in my work, but you know, it's, it's a, it's, it's a gradual process. I, w- I would say I'm not good at character animation. Now, last question, recommend an internet resource that you find helpful in your work or your personal life. I honestly think like YouTube really is the best resource out there. Like, right you on. Learn yeah. how to do like absolutely anything from, you know, like fashion design to like you know, car repair, like, like I'm looking at that, you know, change a battery, you know, like fire alarm, how to open the light socket on my ceiling fan. Like that's my go-to resource. How do I do something? There'll be, I know there'll be a five minute video of, you know, a 14 year old in, you know, um, like <laughs> in Uzbekistan that like had the perfect answer for me. Like, this is great. I have no idea how you know this. Or there's some 12 year old on, on, from California that's, you know, like they'll, they'll explain it to me perfectly. So whenever I'm in doubt, I go to YouTube and there's someone or someone analyzing it. <laughs> so yeah, there'll be a 20 minute video of someone analyzing why that's the correct way to unscrew a screw in a certain way. No, I'm, I'm addicted to YouTube. Love it. Now last, this is absolutely last question. How can people get in touch with you? The best way to find me is I suppose on Instagram and YouTube. I'm at Ben underscore Marriott underscore Marriott to spell like the hotel M-A-R-R-I-O-T-T and on, on YouTube as well if you search for me there you'll find me I guess you know yeah and that's the best place feel Sounds free to ask good. me like any questions if you have any questions leave a comment on a video or message me in the DMs on Instagram I will answer any question you have Sounds good well Ben listen thank you so much for sharing your journey with us man I appreciate it yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to talk to you. I can't wait to listen to the rest of the, you know, all the rest of your upcoming guests. I know you've got some great people coming up. All right. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Ben Marriott. Make sure to check out benmarriott.com. Again, it's benmarriott.com. And as always, all the links and resources mentioned in this episode are also available on our website at euchromedia.com slash 71. And make sure to check out actionvfx.com. Remember, they have your assets covered. Over 2,500 elements of professionally shot VFX stock footage captured on the latest RED cameras from explosions, fire, water, smoke, gun effects, debris, particles, weather, blood, and gore, go to actionvfx.com. Again, go to actionvfx.com. And lastly, don't forget to join our online mentoring group on Facebook. Simply go to ukremedia.com community. We have well over 3,000 people in this group. It is a great online resource for those of you who are trying to grow, and it's absolutely free. Thank you so much for joining me on the journey of this podcast. I appreciate you, and I look forward to serving you in the next episode off the Media Podcast. Bye-bye.